Welcome to the Let's Talk International Education podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Benny, founder of Top Schools. We're here for you, whether you're a parent, grandparent, a teacher, as long as you're interested in education, you're in the right place. We work hard to bring relevant, up-to-date and possibly controversial information on all things related to education. In this first season, we've invited education leaders from around the world, as well as parents just like you and I. We're pleased you found us. Don't forget to subscribe. And here's today's episode. Good evening from Hong Kong. Very nice to all be together here in, in person for the first time. Uh, so uh, welcome to everybody out there in internet land and uh, welcome obviously to the panelists. And we'll let you know exactly who they are in just one second. Um, wanted to talk to you just to let everybody out there know we have all been fully vaccinated at least at least three times. Uh, we have had uh, RAT tests today and we have had um, oh, what else? and we are socially distant and we are eating. So uh, we are fully compliant with all of government regulations. OK, so hopefully, uh, hopefully everybody is OK and understands all of that. Um, I'm Chris Parker. Um, so I work for Top Schools. I'm the Chief Operating Officer of Top Schools. Um, and with me today, I have some very distinguished panellists from uh, Malvern School. So if I'm just going to go around and ask them to briefly introduce yourselves to the audience, that'll be fantastic. Can we start with you, Maria? Thanks, Chris. Uh, my name is Maria Gabriel. I am the Head of Prep here at Malvern College. And I've been here since the start, since uh, July 2018. Oh, fantastic. Okay. <laughs> I'm Wayne Ma. I'm the Head of Senior School. Um, and although I've joined Malvern Hong Kong um, only at the beginning of last academic year, so I've been here for two years, I've been with Malvern for, for nearly seven years as I was previously at Malvern College in Egypt. Fantastic. Thanks. And I am Robin Lister. I am the Headmaster here in Malvern Hong Kong. Um, and prior to coming here, I was the what was called the senior deputy head in Malvern, UK. And prior to that, I was a housemaster in Malvern, UK. Fantastic. So lots of lots of in-depth experience with Malvern. So it's so great stuff. OK, so we've got, a, we've got a few questions that we're going to use to sort of structure the discussion. But the discussion today is really around um, how to choose the right school for your child. And this is a really, really, really important decision, as we all know. And so we're just going to just discuss about that. We're going to dive into our tea and biscuits. I hope you don't, you'll bear with us if we do that. We're trying to keep it fairly informal. Uh, we will have time for questions and answers at the end. So hopefully if there are any questions, please uh, chuck them into the into the comments there or into the, uh, the chat box and we will get to them uh, as soon as we can. So without further ado, let me uh, dive over and, and, and grab Robin for the, for the first one. So big question, Robin. Okay, so what criteria should I look for mm -hmm. when choosing a school for my child? Well, I'm going to start off this evening's conversation with something of an anecdote. And forgive me, colleagues, if you've heard me talk about this before. Um, some years ago, the headmaster of Malvern, UK, uh, Anthony Clark, and I, when I was the senior deputy head, we sat down one late afternoon to try to work out what it was that we wanted our pupils in Malvern, UK, to demonstrate once they've left school. We had thought this conversation would take uh, an hour or so. Um, in reality, uh, the conversation went on for six, nine months and ended up involving not only the teachers in Malvern, UK, but the old Malvernians and a wider and wider um, community conversation. What came out of that was what have, what have come to be called the Malvern 
qualities. We define those kind of things that we wanted our pupils to demonstrate once they had left school. They have all had a superb education, but beyond their academic credentials, we wanted our pupils to demonstrate such things as resilience, integrity. We wanted our, pu our pupils once they left school to be risk takers, not silly risk takers, but educated risk takers. We wanted them to challenge the environment. If you want to read more about Malvern qualities, please go online and do so, but they are an integral approach of what a Malvern education is all about. And that, I think, is what a potential parent should be looking for. You can understand that every school has a good or great academic curriculum. But what I would recommend is that you look for the hidden curriculum of the school. And in our case, that is all to do with the so-called Malvern qualities. And they are qualities we take very, very seriously. Um, our conversation may come back to those in a moment. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure they will. So, yeah, thanks so much, Dee, for that. So, it's kind of about, and it's not just about the hard, as it were, the hard, yeah. the hard numbers, the hard qualifications. It's about the, was that the personal, softer? Absolutely right. And yeah. developing a, a child's character, developing a child's personality, and we try to put into place various things to try to bring that into fruition with a child. So not just the academics. Academics are frightfully important, yeah. but they shouldn't be seen exclusively as to what a more than education is all about. Okay. And that goes all the way through right from the very the early years of, of more than school, right the way through. Right from PYP, P1s up to upper six. They, they are part of more than identity, these qualities are taught. Fantastic. Can I add on to that? Please, and, well, and obviously yeah. doing um, talking about the mobile qualities kind of leads into this in terms of um, the ethos and, and the values and the beliefs of a school and that's one of the things that I would say also I would encourage parents to do is doing their homework on yes. the school yes. and looking for what are the values of the school as well and obviously our mobile qualities are yeah. It's, it's getting that balance right, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's, it's easy sometimes, relatively speaking, for schools to focus on the, on the numbers, on the rankings, yes. on the yeah. on how many pupils get an A star or they get distinctions at, at IB or whatever. But it, it's much more difficult somehow to, to look into a school and actually see those slightly softer elements. Yeah. 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 If I could add a little bit more to that, it, I think the softer, so-called softer elements are really, really important. I would warn potential parents not to be swayed too much by looking at a website, not to be swayed too much by looking at lovely brochures. We've got great brochures. Most schools have wonderful brochures. <laughs> but I think you've got to see through all of that. And the best way of doing that is actually to try to visit a school, to pick up. You can almost feel what a school is like within 10, 15 minutes. Uh, and nothing can beat coming to a school, preferably when there's pupils around and so you can see it in action. Mm. And preferably if you get a chance to speak to me or my colleagues or teachers, that's when you really get to grips with what a school is all about. And slowly we're getting back there to the point where in-person events are becoming once again more. And it is really, Thank really, goodness. really important in terms of a school to be able to assess that culture. Even when I've been going around schools in general and, and, and Malvern in, in particular, you do pick up a sense much more clearly of the culture of the school. Yep. When I'm talking about 
soft skills. I don't. I'm not denigrating them in any way. Versus the sort of hard hard skills. It's important to get a balance of both. Yeah. If you're going to have a fully sort of fully developed young person, I think that's that's the way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, thanks for that, Robin. That was, that was really useful. Pleasure. Can I just um, you know um, go back to you and, and also perhaps bring in bring in Wayne on this one and, and and talking about the potential pitfalls. I mean, we've sort of touched on them, but I mean, what potential pitfalls you know should should parents be wary of? Not just well, yeah, when they're coming looking at schools, but I mean, you know, teachers and curriculums and and all kinds of stuff like that. I, I would follow on from what Robin was saying about um, not just taking what's in glossy brochures, actually, yes, visiting the school, speaking to, to teachers, speaking to, to pupils and allowing children when they do tours around the school, um, new new potential children to speak to the current pupils and, mm. and they get um, a good understanding then of, of really what the school is about. Obviously, when there's adults. Some other teachers around the students themselves might not be as as open as honest, but we're trying to build that in. Um, but I would say a, a question that I, I, I usually pose for for uh, parents when they're coming on tours around the, the school, or what I'm hearing from them is they're quite often when they're considering a, a school for their child, they've got maybe a bit too much in the back of their mind what their own education was, and, and okay. they're trying to replicate what they liked and what they wanted. Um, as a as a child, and schools have changed dramatically in in only the, the recent months. Not just yeah. since when I was at school, but just in the last two, three, four years. Even what we've gone through with COVID in the last few years, yeah. the change that online learning and technology um, schools have, have really transformed. So I would encourage parents to to really try and avoid just thinking about their own experiences at school. Yes, we want parents to be comfortable with the, the school that they've chosen for their child, but also, as we're saying, we, we do try and instill in the pupils taking a bit of a risk, but parents need to do that as well when they're looking at school and think, trying to, to, mm. to spot kind of modern approaches to education and not just replicating what they went through. With your background, because you were in Egypt before, we were talking, talking earlier on, do you see, similar issues in, in Hong Kong as you perhaps saw with parents there? The, the same issues uh, apply? It's the same theme, yeah. yes. I think there um, in Egypt, similar to, to Hong Kong, there's actually quite a, a, a significant tradition of British schools in, right. in Egypt and um, sometimes some of those schools were selling themselves on being British curriculum and, and British ethos but maybe didn't have as many British staff and, and the experiences and, and kind of ethos and values from another school outside of um, of Egypt, but the parents who had been through those schools in Egypt and then were looking for a school for their child maybe sometimes thought they knew what they were getting it into for their, their child <laughs> and then sometimes yeah. would, would see the school as being quite a bit different and sometimes it, it kind of made them a bit, bit worried, but most of the time they would actually get quite excited that um, they're seeing these values and the character of the child um, developing and, and the focus being on academics, but also on these other other elements yeah. of school. Yeah, that's, that's really useful. Yeah, okay, great, thanks. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I think back to my to my childhood, and I, I think I'm arguably the oldest the oldest member um, of the audience. Not sure about that. <laughs> possibly, possibly second, but uh, but anyway, we're of an, of an age, and I and I can recall, and I, I, I one of the things that going around Hong Kong schools has shown me is the fundamental way, and and, and modern is a classic example, the way it's fundamentally changed. Since since I was at school, you know, it really was. And I mean, you know, just incredible. Uh, but the opportunities that there are for for, for kids to, to learn all yeah. sorts of different things, 
including, as you say, the, the, the softer elements of, of, of life and, and, and being a good person and all that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, thank you very much. And the key question, particularly, you know, I'm sure the audience out there, have, have, you've heard of IB, you've heard of A-levels, you've heard of all the different, which curriculum is best for my child? How do I decide? <laughs> um, well, I would say that there is more to a school than the curriculum. And actually, one of the things that um, Robin and I this morning, I don't know if you remember our conversation reception this morning as we were greeting the mm -hmm. children, you said, when you walk around campus now, what do you feel? Happy, you feel you feel the happiness in the school. So I it's think genuinely, we talked about. Yes, this we did, yeah. we did, and we talked about it. And we said, okay, it's our fourth year. We've built that culture, that community is, you know, we feel it now. Happy, um, a caring and nurturing environment. And mm. I would say, yes, look for the curriculum, but also look for that and see if you can pick up that safe and nurturing environment. That's something that we definitely mm. uh, do here. But also, obviously, the curriculum is an important part, and I think that's about knowing your child. How, mm. you know, how do they best learn? Are they uh, hands-on? Do they prefer to um, learn things by doing things? And and look for that curriculum, and obviously, try not to be influenced by your own education at yeah. that point yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah that would be. Yeah. And I agree, agree on that. That kind of curriculum, it's the it's a major part of the school, obviously, but um, it's not everything about the school. And schools may may have the same curriculum. There are there are a number of schools in um, here in Hong Kong that do the MYP, um, but that that we that we do here as well. But more than UK doesn't do the MYP, so mm. we, we have a difference to them. But I would say we have a lot of similarities to more than UK with the values and the ethos that, that we try and build into the school. So the curriculum is important mm -hmm. as a school, but it's not for us as, as the educators in the school, it's not the driving factor for us. So actually try and encourage parents to, to yes, they need to consider the, the types of curriculum that might be suitable for their child. Mm -hmm. Look at online, there's plenty of resources and, and reviews online for, for comparing different types of curriculum, but really for the parents to try and delve into the, the school and how they, then kind of how they, how they deliver it. Deliver that curriculum yeah. within the classroom. What yeah. does the classroom look like? I think it's that that feel for the mm -hmm. school. It, it really there's no way of beating it by coming into a school and seeing um, and hearing and, and really is feeling what's happening in the school. Yeah, absolutely. And and when parents come in come into the school, are they how how much can they get involved in as it were the school day? And are they are they able to go and sort of stand at the back and, and see a lesson or or, or how, how does it how does it work when they come to visit uh, our classrooms are all like fish bowls they're all oh, okay. glass so they can easily look in uh, from okay. the outside uh, but yeah I think uh, they can also go in and uh, have a look our pupils are very welcoming yes, I'm sure they'll be pulled maybe. in as well by pupils into the classrooms they're very interested so who's these strange who's these strange tall people yeah. I mean, one, one of the greatest experiences I have when, when, as a head, I'm stuck in front of my screens for too long. And when I, when I want to escape from my room, I go around the school and particularly, not exclusively, but particularly in the, in the prep section, the primary section. If I go into a classroom, the children will volunteer. They come up to me and say they want to ex explain what they're doing and why. And they gather around and feeling that enthusiasm is just it tells me that we're doing it right here. Yeah, yeah. To go back just briefly to the question of what formal curriculum, what academic curriculum, I'm going to be a little bit biased here, um, but I would say in the 20, in 2022, what parents should be looking for are curriculums that are concentrating as much 
on skills as on the transference of knowledge. Now, we are an IB school because we believe that the IB does that, that we are inculcating in children a whole range of skills as well as a bedrock of knowledge. And I think in the years to come, uh, children will need to develop all kinds of skill base that perhaps when I was a boy uh, just wasn't necessary. So what we're trying to do at Malvern is prepare children for a future that we're not altogether clear about. Uh, the jobs are going to change remarkably, I think, in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, so teaching children skills, teaching children to be problem solvers, teaching children's, children to collaborate with each other, to even question the teacher, question the validity of the textbook. Um, we think in doing all these things, we're preparing children as best we can for a world that's going to change and change quickly. So look for a curriculum like the IB, I'm biased, which is looking at skills as much as knowledge. That's what I would say. That's a, that's a good point. I've come across lots of well, instances of children as young as, I guess, eight, nine years old starting to look at computer coding and, exactly. and all this sort of thing. I mean, the sort of thing that was just completely just not available to me, yeah. let alone anything else. I'm not sure I'd have been terribly interested in it myself, to be honest with you, that being my personal preference, I'm afraid. But but nonetheless, what a fantastic skill to have as you, as you go forward. And of course, there's the, the one of the real pluses about being here in Hong Kong is the language skills as yeah. well, because you're yeah. bilingual, correct? Yeah. Is that the yeah? yeah. Well, every, every child has, yeah. um, it's generally uh, a lesson a day in Chinese. Right. Occasionally wow. they, they miss that, but it's generally five times a week. Yeah. So Chinese so, is taken very, so important. very, very, very important. Great. Okay. So that leads on very neatly to the to the, the, the key question, which I guess is if somebody is doing one curriculum and it can go either way, I suppose, you know, how easy is it for it to change? You know, are there certain points when it's easier or is it other points where it's impossible? Well, I would say yes. It's it's easier when the child is still young, and obviously they can adapt to a a, a new curriculum and so on. But uh, it, it's again about what's the good fit. Is it that the child is better off to continue with that same curriculum mm. path, or is it better for them to change? It, curriculums are not um, suitable for all children, and all children might not find that they you know that curriculum is a good fit for them. But I would say, yes, younger down, you can transition, you can do that adjustment quicker, but perhaps not higher up. Maybe yeah, it, it starts to become more challenging as, as the children become um, older and move yeah. through the particular curriculum. And obviously a lot of the teachers, it's not just teaching one year group at a time. You're always looking mm -hmm. to the end point and we're, we're pushing them towards mm -hmm. graduating with, with their, their, their qualifications, but with these skills and things as well. So it, it does become more of a challenge, but for us, that's why we, we put a lot of time and effort into transitions, not just mm -hmm. between curriculum from PYP to MYP. We put transitions on our prep sixes are coming up to see the senior school at the moment, even though we're all in the same building, mm -hmm. but, but from one year group to the next and yes. welcoming in new pupils. And, and a huge success we've had with that is actually the pupils themselves welcoming in, yeah. um, helping new pupils to, to fit in. Sometimes my experience has been children moving from one curriculum together. It's, again, it's not about the curriculum, it's about the ethos and the values. And I know we've had a few pupils that have come to, to Morven and then maybe teenagers 
having to look at wearing a tie and and blazers and and that's something that they find as as a yes. little bit strange and different. Ties myself, as you can see. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's it it is challenging for for ch children to to change mm. year groups, but um, looking at what kind of support that the school and mm. and the family put in place. Um, for yeah, I think and that's the point, isn't it? It's it's about support. I suppose I suppose with the best will in the world. Anything is possible, mm -hmm. but it's all about the support structures that, yes, that are in place, both in the home and, and in the school. And we'll mm -hmm. probably come back to that a, a bit later on as well. So great, thank you. Yeah, okay, okay. Ooh, Robin. Yeah. We'll be talking about this sort of more or less constantly, and it's, it's it's definitely is a theme, I think, as we're going through this. But the big question: which is more important, skills or knowledge? When I was a boy, Let's put you on the spot well, already, right. <laughs> when I was a boy, which is a long time ago, um, it was absolutely definitely knowledge. I mean, when I, I went to a good school, I didn't particularly enjoy it, to be frank. Uh, we had desks in a row. The teacher was at the front wearing a gown and he it was 99 percent of the time. He he put across a bunch of knowledge which we then had to regurgitate. The world has moved on. Um, a good school shouldn't do that anymore. In fact, I think knowledge is becoming less and less important. Why? Simply, most of us carry iPhones or the equivalent, and we can get any knowledge we want virtually instantaneously. That isn't an excuse not to teach knowledge, but it kind of puts knowledge in its base. Knowledge is also changing very radically. So I think alongside teaching knowledge, and it's more important than the knowledge, is how to use knowledge. And then we're back again here to this idea of skills. Mm. So what we, do, what we do here in Malvern is teaching how to analyze knowledge. So children can make some kind of initial judgment as to whether knowledge is trustworthy or not. Perhaps they can look at two different stories uh, and see which is more truthful. Um, we, we, we teach children the importance of analyzing things. We teach children the importance of um, being able to critically analyze the knowledge that, that is out there. There's a lot of, as, as you and I know, there's a lot of knowledge now on the web that isn't particularly trustworthy. Mm. So one of the things that we yeah. do is to try to give children the, the skill base to make a judgment as to what knowledge is actually trustworthy. I don't know. Uh, do you want to add what other, what other skills do you think that we need to concentrate on analysis actually it's quite a high order skill if i'm thinking about yeah. my, my rubric or whatever the the, the 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 levels of different knowledge I mean, it's always about knowledge first yeah being able to analyze is, a, is at that higher level it's i'm, I'm not hit. sure entirely whether i agree with that i think okay. you begin to teach very young children analytical skills well, I mean, Maria, do you we, not think? yeah the ib obviously with the approaches yeah. to learning skills yeah. that starts from from the beginning and through the units of inquiry the program itself you pick the key sub-skills that you can enhance through yeah. the unit. And so we start with research and, and actually well, okay, even at that it. young yeah. age, how to ask questions and what questions to ask and how to find the answers. And obviously it varies then in terms of uh, uh, analyzing what they are finding in order to make sense of it. So yeah. we yeah. talk about obviously taking things and putting them into your own words in order to, yeah. to not to copy and paste yeah. and so on. So from that age we do, and the beautiful thing about the ATL skills, the approaches to learning skills, is every year they build on them through a different unit and enhanced yeah. in a, you know, on the next level. 
but that's that keeps on going even wow. into okay. NYP then. And, and, and this is this is another reason why it's really important to come and visit the school and talk to the teachers, yeah. um, because you know I I, I didn't. I didn't know that. I've always thought you know, the, the critical analysis of research was you know, something that that's that's a university level. But of course, it's, it, it it needs to start now, and the more likely the, or the better you start it now, the more the easier it's going to be long term. And I would say that's probably from from our schooling and things that yes, critical thinking was considered something you would only do towards the end of school or at university. Mm. But because we're doing it from a young age and it's just part of yeah. their everyday mm. curriculum, that it's, mm. it, it's not then as challenging that they're, yeah. they're doing it all the time. And in senior school, we try and kind of encourage the pupils that skills are across all of the subjects as well, rather than learning their scientific skills and their, their English mm. skills, mm. that there's an overlap. And, and, and a big one for us is, is communication. It's about you know, not just the different languages that they speak, but yeah. how yeah. do they communicate as a scientist using their English skills or using the there are other skills and because we, we do it mm. right throughout the school then the pupils don't perceive it as something as a, a significant it's not challenge. It's a hurdle to where we overcome, it's actually an, an enabler. Yeah. If I could add one other thing yeah, which please, I think yeah. is crucially important, um, one of the things that the IB does really well and we, we latch onto it strongly is to teach children from uh, the little five and six year olds onwards right up to 18 year olds that they shouldn't always compartmentalize the different subjects. Mm. We try to ensure that children realise there are connections between physics and English and maths and, and geography. It's breaking down those artificial barriers, which I think is crucial to a, a child's ability to actually be a problem solver, to look at things uh, in a fresh light. And that, I think, is pretty unique, dare I say, to the, I, to the IB curriculum. Yeah, interesting. I think you went to the same school as me, Robin, with, possibly without, <laughs> without the gowns. But, uh, I'm sure there was a cane in the, in the corner. There the was. There was. Uh, and it was used, too. Yeah. <laughs> not, not on me, thank God. But anyway. It was on me, uh, just once. So, uh, okay, very important. Uh, what can I do as a parent to further my child's development or to help to help further my child's development? Um, I think from for young children, for primary age children, I would say um, connecting with the teacher. It, it's a partnership. It's not home and school. It is very much communicating and connecting with the teacher to find out how the child is doing. Teachers do the same. They reach out to the parents and do that as well. And knowing from them what is it that the parents can be doing at home um, and continuing that. So it's a continuation basically mm. of uh, the learning. But at the same time, you know, those key things of spending time with your child, reading, uh, talking about how the day was and seeing if they can transfer, the, yeah. you know, those skills as well at home. Mm. Um, it, it's, yeah, it, it's, um, I'd say it's, we let it happen naturally uh, and we try not to focus so much on homework or uh, cramming lots of activities. Uh, it's very much, we say, Reading is actually a habit. It shouldn't be homework. It's something that you do as a. As many, many children will be going, oh yay! <laughs> reading a sigh of relief at that at that one. But I accept. I, I, I and it's it's always it's about say working with parents to so that they're having the same sort of values, not the values that they necessarily had when they were at school, yeah. but the values that they're trying to develop in their children with with Malvern in, in this case. Yeah, yes. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, talking about that, I mean values in children. How do you instill values in children? Robin, why don't you say that? <laughs> uh, I think there's two ways of doing it. Uh, one is you 
grab the bull by the horns and you actually give an assembly or a tutorial period or lesson on integrity. For example, that's exactly what I did with an assembly last week. I gave an assembly on integrity. Um, but I think more important than that is to teach these values more subtly. What do I mean? By actually demonstrating to the pupils that's how we run the school. So they just pick up on how the school runs. Mm. So teaching skill, teaching these things explicitly is good and mm. it's very helpful, but I think the implicit, almost infecting the children uh, with these skills is, is even more important. Would you Don't use agree? the word infecting. Well, maybe not infecting. We're not quarantining a school these days. But what right. you, mean, you mean it's about living, living yes, and breathing. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah. I would say our teachers do that. They role model uh, those values. That's the phrase I was looking for. Right. Modeling. And when, obviously, with younger children, they they see the teacher modeling, they may not recognize it. So then it's about, hey, children, did you see what I just did? That was me being a risk taker. How was I doing that? I did this yeah. and this. So yeah. it's um, maybe making it a bit explicit, mm. but not. Like, well, a, almost analyzing, yes. asking yes. them to analyze your, your what you yes. just did and, and yes. in, a, in a critical sense, which we were talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very interesting. Yes. I mean, in terms of just going back to the question we were talking about before, but you talked about inside the school. How can they, parents can they, mm. yeah. what about outside the school? You know, what, 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 you know, what, can, what can the school do to support the parent more? You know? um, I think, I mean, we do the usual formal you know, okay. events such yeah. as workshops for parents. Um, when we work, obviously, we mentioned transition. We obviously have transition as well for our preschoolers coming into uh, Melbourne College. But I think one thing that um, one thing that we do, which might be a bit hidden, is if we notice that a parent or a family might be having a challenge, whether the challenge is with the child or the challenge as a family um, from a certain perspective, then. Um, I tend to reach out, uh, you know, in a personal way by picking up the phone. Mm. And actually that goes a long way than writing an email and maybe being misunderstood in the email as well. And just to, working with the parents. So if, it, you know, it's, a, it's, it's holistic. So the pastoral side doesn't just stop with our pupils. It's also mm. for our parents sometimes. So we offer support uh, if there is a challenge and we also talk about if there are things that they could perhaps reach out to the school and, and talk about. Um, and it's always confidential. It's always a safe environment to talk about that. So I think, yeah, that's something that so our parents themselves have actually written back and said how grateful right. so they it's, are. It's almost like this, this sort of the skills, skills for the child, but also if if they would need it or if they feel they would like it, there's also potentially skills help for the for the parents and something. Absolutely, yes, absolutely. Which I think kind of good. We did we did a tremendous workshop the other week on uh, child behaviour and how to support behaviour. Yes, I thought that was yeah. I thought that was incredibly well done. Actually. Yes, and and that's an opportunity for parents then to also at the end say, can I schedule a meeting yeah. with mm. whoever's running the workshop. Um, we leave our emails on on the slides and so on if they want yeah. to reach out and have a personal conversation. It's about, and it's about, about building that relationship as well between teacher and parent and, yeah. and, 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 and teachers across the school mm -hmm. and parents because I mean, that's 
people house masters you have a house system here as well don't yeah, we you do. so, yeah. I saw that, so which is another another way of, of, of sort of being able to focus in on Absolutely. the child a bit more personally and all that sort of stuff so it's great it's like Maria was saying about communication that yeah. we, we want parents to communicate with us let us know if something's happening mm. at home but we put a big focus on that that our teachers and things should be communicating home there should never be surprises when parents get the report at mm. the end of the year there should always <laughs> be that communication and actually our yeah. house system the class teachers in in primary um, but the, the house tutors in in seniors there's a, a lot of communication that, that they do one-to-one -one, either with the pupils to see how they're getting on um, but also with the parents and that, yeah. that's something that I think that school should value that the communication out to the parents we're not teenagers like in senior school they don't always want the communication going uh, between home and school but it's something we, yeah. we kind of think oh, sorry, is really important. Oh, sorry, I can remember back that far but anyway <laughs> I understand yeah well look, I, mean, I think you know we're we're sort of about sort of 35 minutes or so so i don't want to go on for too long but i think just before we have to questions and answers how do you if there people are if people are out there if they would mm -hmm. like to know more information about Malvern, about the Malvern method about the skills of the 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 attitude the culture of Malvern, how how should they get in touch how should they reach out I shouldn't have denigrated uh, our website or brochures. I think that, they are a good place to start, uh, to go on the web, website um, and, and read about the school. But I think even better than that is to contact our admissions department and, and see whether you can uh, have an appointment to come up and see the school. As I say, I think we all agree the best way of understanding what we're about is to come and see us in action. I think that's the most important I think thing. Absolutely right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, thank you very much indeed for that. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Um, I think we're going to just break now. See if we've got any any questions in, uh, from the public now. Okay. So we haven't got any specific questions at the moment. But I think what I'm going to try and do is just just go around and ask you just to give a quick a quick summing up. If you're in in I don't know thirty seconds, mm -hmm. if we can. Okay. <laughs> so who's going to start? Keep it simple. I'm going to come to you first, Robin. <laughs> I would I'd, I'd, I'd emphasize a couple of things. One, to go back to the conversation that we had a, little, a few minutes ago about the importance of skills, um, skills alongside knowledge. I think that is where a good education uh, has to go over the next few years. It, um, it, it is skill-based. And the other thing is, is to come to Malden and any other school you might be interested in. The best way to find out what a school is like is to try to set up of visit. Absolutely, thank you very much indeed. Wayne? Uh, for me I think just kind of summarising that um, parents should take some risks and, and kind of think of um, schools being different to what they went through um, but exploring what the schools and when they do visit schools to really question um, the schools in, in terms of yeah. what is behind their curriculum. Mm. Okay, the grades and statistics are, are one thing, but, but really, can they, they kind of delve into the values of, of the, of the cool. actual school? Thank you for that. And Maria? Um, Last but not least, of course. Many <laughs> things. I would say communication, uh, once at that point of choosing the school, mm. communication, ensuring that communication is an open channel. If there is something, don't, you know, that is happening, um, don't shy away from telling it to the teacher. As I mentioned, you know, knowing is actually better because we can support um, in an informed way. But I would say um, also looking for from the visit, pick up the culture of the school and, and see if, mm -hmm. you know, you'll be able to tell if a child pulls you in like and they, they never rehearse it when they come up to you and pull you. <laughs> they, it just happens. It does. Um, that's, that gives you an indication yeah, of the right. environment, yeah, the environment of the school. Fantastic. I've been, I've been 
around a number of schools and they have been distinctly different. So I can highly um, endorse that. Go and have a look at a number of schools, by all means, and have a look at the culture and see which works for you. But uh, if Malvern Culture does, then, then it's, uh, reach out to the missions team and they'll be only too happy to help. So I just want to say a big thank you to Robin, Wayne and Maria and uh, to all of you out there. Um, you know, it's hard to know whether you are actually out there. I'm just staring at a camera. But anyway, I'm sure you all are. And I hope you found it useful. What we'll be doing, obviously, is making this into a, a YouTube and a podcast to so be able to refer to it at your, at your leisure. Um, but please feel free to reach out to the admissions team here at Malvern and they'll be only too happy to help. Thanks again and uh, see you soon. Cheers. Bye bye. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about the Hong Kong education system and parenting and education news and trends, check out our back catalogue, all available to download for free. You can also head over to our YouTube, Facebook or website for lots of free, useful information for parents and educators. Links in the show notes. Until next time.